Hi, Everlife Church. It's so good to be coming to you today. And uh, what a privilege to be bringing the Word of God. And I do believe it's a now word for many people watching today. Hey, um, I was listening to the announcement earlier about India, and that's uh, a nation that's... uh, some a nation I feel very passionate about being there so many times. So I really encourage you to be a part of that offering. Uh, make a difference feeding those people the love of Jesus in that practical way. Well, let's get into the Word of God. I hope you're ready. Um, I'm a bit of a teacher, so you might want to take a few notes as we go along the way. Just some uh, little statements that I made that you want to review later on. Um, so I want to talk to you, uh, the, the, the title of my message is Don't Get Lost on the Way to the Pool. Don't Get Lost on the Way to the Pool. Come on, let's pray. Let's position our hearts to receive revelation today. So Lord, I thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, speaking to people, watching tuning in right now, speaking into their lives, into their situations, not just another message, but a now word for them in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to take you to a miracle that involves a man going to a pool. And I'm saying to you, don't you get lost on the way to the pool. And it's taken from John chapter 9. Uh, where the miracle where Jesus spits on the ground, makes mud with his saliva and spreads the mud over the blind man's eyes. And then he told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And so the man went and washed and came back seeing. So the Bible says that the miracles Jesus did, apart from having the immediate benefit for those receiving the healing, they were actually signs. So there's a deeper message in the miracle. There's, there's a message about God's eternal plans and purposes in our life. Apart from the immediate healing, there's a deeper message, and we're going to discover what that deeper message is in this miracle uh, today. But before that, a little bit of a side note is... Uh, I know it's gross when we think, wow, Jesus smearing mud on this guy's eyes. But apparently in ancient times, it was a superstitious belief that the the spittle of a holy man had healing properties. So actually, Jesus was working with this man's level of faith. This man held in his heart that somehow the spittle of this holy man, Jesus, had healing properties. So we, we don't believe that, but that tells us something about the heart and nature of God reaching to our level to help us. And so Jesus reached down into this man's level of faith, working with it, but he added mud to it. And I'm going to show you why he changed the whole thing up a little bit and added mud to the miracle uh, in just a moment. But what I wanted you to capture was that's the heart of God. God, it's not that God is commanding you to come up to his level. He's reaching down to you to meet you. What can you believe? Where are you at in your level of faith? You've got a God that will just work with you. Well, come on then. What what can you believe? Give me something to believe uh, with you about and let's work there. That's the, that's the heart of our 
God, the loving kindness that he's reaching to. So let's discover the deeper message uh, in this miracle. As I said, Jesus didn't just smear his saliva on the man's eyes. He added dirt to it. So why did he add dirt? Well, because he wanted to create a mess that compelled the man to wash it off. And I'm going to unpack that. Jesus deliberately wanted to compel uh, the man to wash off the mess that he'd created. Uh, Please note that the miracle didn't happen when Jesus applied the mud. The miracle happened when the man washed it off. And as we just look into the deeper truth behind that, I believe God's going to challenge you uh, today. But fortunately for you, I happened to have been there when this miracle took place, and I whipped out my iPhone and took a photo. that took that shot not a samsung that is an iphone 11 shot and um, the the moment when jesus is smearing on the blood and then this next photo i managed to get which is absolutely amazing here fantastic and this is the way the moment we write songs about we and tell us how you got healed and all the excitement around that miracle moment. But I want to take us back to the mud moment. If we could just put up that photo and just hold it there for a little bit longer. Back to the mud moment where Jesus is smearing the mud on the man's eyes. Now, can we just hit pause on this moment? See, we know how it turns out. But this guy didn't know how it was going to turn out. There was nobody there saying to him, it's okay, buddy, this is going to be in the Bible one day and it's all going to be fine. Can you imagine the confusion? This guy had asked for a miracle and Jesus is putting mud on the very place that he wanted to receive a miracle. Can we just enter into this guy's head for a moment and think, wow. And I'm actually uh, getting mud. And I think so often we gloss over how confusing that must have been um, not only for the man, but for those watching Jesus deliberately uh, put mud on uh, this man's uh, eyes, knowing that that was the very area that he wanted to receive uh, a miracle is uh, in. It was uh, it was offensive. It was confusing. What's going on? Listen, it it got worse. Not only did he not get his miracle, actually it got worse in that moment. So I want to speak to people right now and you are in a mud moment or somebody in your family is in a mud moment. It's confusing, you've been praying and somehow things have just gotten worse. 
And, you know, we need to talk about what to do in mud moments because this is a moment when so many people walk away from God in confusion. They just see we know how to celebrate the miraculous, we know how to celebrate the good things, but what do we do in these in between moments that we don't even know are in between moments? What do we do in those moments? How do we respond? Do we just quickly say, well, you know, the devil did it? Well, I want to tell you, be careful with the devil did it, because if you keep trotting out that theology too often, you're actually making the devil more powerful than Jesus. We can keep saying the devil did it. Well, where the heck's Jesus uh, while the devil is doing this? So we can end up with a weak Jesus and a strong devil. So here's the part uh, of my message. We want to be clear about what a mud moment, what qualifies for a mud moment. Uh, We're not talking, and I'm not suggesting that we should accept anything in our lives that's contrary to the character of God. We're not talking about disease, depression, despair. I'm talking about these confusing moments where we've been believing God for a miracle, but things have gotten worse before they've gotten better. Uh, The mud has come before the miracle. And maybe a classic mud moment, I think, is if we'd have been there when they'd have been crucifying Jesus or seen the chronological order of events leading up to that, the betrayal of one of his disciples, what's going on. See, We're reading our Bibles knowing how it all works out. But imagine you're in that moment watching it all happen. The betrayal in the garden, the trial, the the incredible beating and torture by the Roman soldiers, the crucifixion, and then Jesus uh, being carted off into a tomb. I mean, come on, if we'd have been watching that unfold without understanding that something of a higher purpose was unfolding, we'd have been going, what is going on here? And, of course, I would have think that's a classic mud moment where we've been believing for something, but somehow things have got incredibly worse. And so here's the revelation for people watching right now that are struggling with mud on their lives is you ask for a miracle and right now you're getting mud. You're crying about the mud. You're angry about the mud. You're trying to make sense out of the mud. But guess what? The miracle is not in the mud. See, did you notice that Jesus put the mud on the man and immediately told him to go and wash it off? If there was meant to be some significance in the mud, if there meant to be some healing properties in the mud, surely he would have said, now now give it a moment, let it soak in like some sort of cosmetic thing I see my daughter's doing with some of the stuff they're buying from some strange place in Korea and uh, putting on their skin and just don't wash it off, let it soak in. No, none of that. Jesus... As soon as he put it on, he told him to go and take it off. And what's that uh, meant to tell us? That the miracle is not in the mud. Stop obsessing on it. The miracle takes place in you when you wash it off. 
Jesus created a mess to compel the man to wash the mud off. Jesus used mud because it does wash off. It's temporary, not permanent. And mud moments are not a time to give up. They're a time to go and wash. And so the miracle is not in the mud. It's what happens in you when you go through the process of washing it off. And so so when Jesus put the mud on this man's eyes, told him to wash it off, I'm telling you that's... Remember I started off by saying there's a sign miracle here? Well, that's the teaching in the miracle. The miracle is not in the mud. The miracle is in... What happens in you as you go through the process of dealing with it and washing it off? What happens in you as a person? The miracle isn't in the mud. The miracle is who you are becoming. See, he received his sight as he went through the process of dealing with it. He was blind, but the mud compelled him to wash it off, and he, the blind could see through the process of dealing with what was going on. See, we don't get mud moments because we are, we're dealing with a different value system to God. We've got to remember who God is. God is looking at our lives, dealing with our lives from an eternal perspective. Often we just think if it doesn't happen in this lifetime, if it, if, you know, if all the things I want to happen, then somehow I'm being ripped off. This is wrong, etc., and so on. But we've got to remember who God is. God is eternal, and He's working from an eternal perspective. And who you are becoming is of far greater value to Him. And why is it so valuable to God? Because you might have forgotten who you are, but God hasn't. You are eternal, and God teaches, treats you as such. You're a human being on this planet having uh, a spiritual experience. You're here to get something you could get in no other way by being on this planet, and that is maturity. You're here because God is preparing you for something beyond this life. And that's why mud doesn't make sense in the context of our lives. It only makes sense in God's economy as we begin to see that God's preparing us for something beyond this life. And that's why a miracle that happens in you is of far greater uh, value than a miracle that happens to you. And so how do we make sense out of mud moments? The first scripture that I want to refer to, Romans 8, it says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives, for we have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Well, hang on, wait a minute. I thought God was working everything to fit into our plans for our lives. I mean, who does God think he is? Well, he thinks he's God. All right? And he is... 
we might tend to treat him like an errand boy to satisfy our wandering desires. But guess what? God is God, and he is working in your life to achieve an eternal something beyond this temporary life. He's working something in you that goes beyond just the parameters of this life. And if you'd like to see what it is, turn to the back of the book of the Bible and see that God's preparing you for a life beyond this one there's a new heaven and there's a new earth and guess who is involved with what's unfolding in god's kingdom on earth in this age that's to come it's you and i and when we lose touch of this ultimate purpose of god's plan we start putting a meaning on life that God never intended. We start clutching at this life as if this is all we've got. But when when your time is over, you don't cease to exist. You move into a level of another existence. And so in God's economy, he never loses sight of that. But when we lose that side of that, we develop all sorts of illusions about what this life is meant for. And God never loses sight of that. He's working in our lives to, to bring about a maturity. Why is that so important? Well, you could say that mud moments are God's way of preventing small people being in charge of big things. Everybody wants to be an overcomer, but they don't want anything to overcome. Well, you don't become an overcomer by singing about it, reading about it. You overcome by having something to overcome. Why is that so critical? Because who you are becoming in the economy of God is the ultimate prize. When you leave this life, you'll leave everything behind. You'll leave everything behind. The only thing you'll get to take with you is who you have become. So we need to give up the illusion that this life is all about our happiness. It's not about our misery either, but it is about our maturity. And when we make our happiness the ultimate goal of our lives, it's a recipe for disaster. Why? Because it brings about all sorts of self-indulgent, uh, selfish behavior. You see, it turns out that happiness requires no courage, no sacrifice, no commitment. But when we understand that God is bringing challenges and situations into our lives to develop who we are as individuals, we understand that there's, there's, there's deliberate tensions that God's bringing, opportunities and oppositions. Hey, we want mountains, but as soon as you have a mountain, you have a valley. And, and so perhaps the biggest problem that we face is that we think we're not supposed to have them. You know, some psychiatrists tell us that at the root of many people's mental illness is their inability to accept that life can be challenging. And so they go to all sorts of places in their mind to try and cope when the fact of the matter is life presents opportunities for us to grow up. Here's a great verse I love. Blessed are those whose strength are in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, 
as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The rain fills the, the pools and they go from strength to strength until they all are, appear before God in Zion. I love that verse. It's one of my life verses. It talks about the valley of Baca that we go through. The word Baca means place of weeping and brokenness. And what's that telling us? That as these people, they go through these valley moments, they don't exist geographically, they exist in the journey of life. And these people have learned how to convert those valleys into pools of resource. I'd like to think that I'm speaking to you out of some of my pools of resource. That, that today I'm ministering to you out of pools that have been developed in me because I've gone through some mud moments, I've gone through some valleys of backer, and I didn't make them my, my finish, my grave. I didn't get bitter, I got better. And as a result of that, I, minister, I converted my pain. Instead of transmitting my pain, I, I transformed it. And I'm ministering to people out of that. That's God desire for you in these mud moments but he's it's it's saying something else that's important here that these people have set their hearts on pilgrimage now what's a pilgrim well if you go to india you'll see some pilgrims they're people that are on a journey to a sacred place and so these people who are, who know how to convert these valleys of brokenness into pools, they have a mindset, they have an, an understanding that they're passing through this life onto a sacred destination and that, that's just caused them to change their whole perspective on their mud moments that they're going to and they look at uh, offense and bitterness and other stuff that life throws at them and they says, there's no way I'm going to carry that through life I'm gonna. I'm not gonna carry that. I'm gonna forgive. I'm gonna release. I'm not picking that up. I'm not picking that offence up. I'm gonna become a certain person through these mud moments. And so, here's a verse only pilgrims understand. It says, "Consider it a sheer gift, friends." Uh, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure your faith is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely. I'm saying that because that's God's word to people sitting here listening to you're trying to get out of your mud moment without it working God's intention in your life. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. So maybe right now you're sitting there covered by mud and you're trying to work out what it all means. Well, Hebrews says this trouble that you're in isn't punishment. It's training the normal experience of children. So please understand what you're meant to do in a mud moment. 
The miracle is not in the mud. You've been turning the mud over. You've been examining. You've been bringing your mud to this person. And that, please help me with this. Please, you've fixated your focus on the mud instead of getting on with going to the pool. That's what I meant. Have you lost your way to the pool? You're meant to be getting on with getting this thing dealt with and working it through. You know, my entire life as a, as a follower of Jesus, I've prayed for blessing over my life and family and received so much. But you know what? Sometimes, first of all, what I got was mud. And I could go into great detail about my mud moments and you could be listening to my mud moments trying to outrank me with, you call that a mud moment? I'll tell you, I've had worse mud moments and here we are in some sort of mud moment competition. You know, I'll see your mud moment and raise you abandonment and rebellion and drugs and whatever. And what's going on here? We have, we have made our mud moments a part of who we are. Instead of getting on and getting cleansed and getting through them, we're actually talking about our mud moments as if they were part of our identity. The mud's dried on us. Instead of getting on our way to the pool, it's become all dried up on our lives and it's taken on a meaning that Jesus never intended it to. It's become failure and shame and guilt and rejection and self-hatred and we've been wandering around wearing this mud instead of going straight to the pool, straight to Jesus Christ. I just want to end this message with a with a challenge to speak to to certain types of people that I know would be listening now. Some of you have come from other places and cities and countries, and you came believing God for a better life, but right now what you're getting is mud. And the Lord says, go and wash and deal with it. And like this blind man, as you deal with these attitudes, as you deal with this mud, your eyes will be open too to see opportunities you're presently blinded to. You've tried to repeat something and God says, forget that. I'm trying to open your eyes to new opportunities. And some others... Uh, I've been asking the Lord to resolve issues of conflict in their relationships and right now things are getting worse and here's what God says to you I put the mud there I deliberately put the mud there to awaken you out of your denial, out of your patterns of uh, relationships, out of your reactive patterns of blaming others. Instead of looking at yourself, I put the mud to compel you to act. And now that you're stirred to rise out of your complacency and deal with the things you were previously content to deal with, Behold, your eyes are open, you get the cleansing and something beautiful. Your captivity is over as you stop obsessing on the mud and get on with the cleansing. And finally, physical healing. Some people are praying for physical healing and mud has come. And maybe it's even gotten worse. And here's what God's saying to you. Your soul was sick. Far, 
far more than than the mud that's in your moment right now. Your your soul was in pain long before your body was. There you go. That's what I wanted to say. And you did nothing to heal it. Again, the Lord's saying your soul was in pain long before your body was and you did nothing to heal it. And now, you know what? Your body is just mirroring your soul pain. But here's the truth. As you go to Christ, begin to get cleansing from that anger, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, your body will be healed. And so we asked for a miracle, and what happened? We got mud, but the mud was merely a way to awaken in us the response that's needed to heal us of our blindness. There are things you're not seeing right now that you've been blinded by, and God's intention was to awaken you. The only thing that this man really got out of the whole experience was all I know was once I was blind and now I can see. And so some of us have gotten lost on the way to the pool. And so today let's find our way to God's cleansing in this moment. I want you to bow your heads, put down anything that's um, distracting you right now. Right now we're creating a pool moment. Some of you have taken far too long to come to this moment. You've been obsessing on the mud. You've been so talking about it. You've turned it over and over in the mud. You've, you've had so much confusion about it when really all it was about was to compel you to come to a moment like this is saying, God, I need you. I've tried to be my own God. I've tried to be my own Savior. I've tried to be my own shepherd. I give up. You're my God. You're my shepherd. I give up control to you. I, I, I give back to you the things that are your job to do. You are my God. I need you so much in my life. Thank you for cleansing right now. Thank you, Lord God, that right now physical, mental, emotional healing is coming to people's lives as they experience it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, what a phenomenal, awesome message that was by Pastor Dave. Um, and although he can't hear you, why don't you, no matter where you are, give him a big round of applause. Such an awesome word to to us as a church and, and I'm sure to so many of us who are listening tonight. You know, I love the fact that Jesus is someone who can turn your mud, to new, turn your mess into something magnificent. You know, he is such a good God. He works all things together for our good according to his purposes for our lives. You know, what we want to do at the end of every single message, at the end of every single service here at Everlife is to give you is to give people the opportunity to begin a relationship with this God who wants to turn our mud, turn our mess into something magnificent. You know, whether you've drifted from God for many years or whether you've, this is the first time where you've been to something like this, church online, or whether you even know much about God at all, you know, it doesn't matter. The fact is that God loves you so much. He created you for relationship, for intimacy with Him. And, you know, continue on with the analogy of mud. You know, physical mud can be washed off, 
But there's a kind of mud, there's a kind of stain that gets in us that's impossible to wash off ourselves. And no matter how much we try to scrub ourselves clean, this kind of mud will never come off. And and this mud, biblically, is called sin. It might be a foreign word to you, but sin is basically a word that describes the fact that we all get muddy. We all do things that are wrong. We do things that don't please God, things that aren't good for us. We all don't hit the mark of God's perfect standard, which is perfect love for our lives. And this mud is something that causes us to withdraw from God and maybe other people in shame. But God's heart for you, as it is for me, which I'm so grateful for, is that God doesn't want us to withdraw from Him in shame, but He he wants to draw near to us. The Bible says that anyone who wants to draw near to Him instantly, He will draw near to them. And you know, God... Didn't, doesn't stay off separate. He doesn't stay off distant from us. Because the truth is that through Jesus, God stepped into the mess. He stepped into the mud, into the mud and the mess of this life. Jesus came right in the middle of it. And right now, he wants to meet you in the middle of what you're going through in your life right now. And Jesus, in the midst of muddy humanity, he died on the cross to take our sins to take our mess, to take our guilt, our shame upon himself. So that when God looked at Jesus on the cross, he saw Jesus fully, full of mud, blackened with our sin. But then he glanced over and he sees us completely pure, set free, no stain of sin whatsoever. And Jesus took the penalty of our sin. He took the penalty of our mess upon himself on that cross. And then three days later, he rose from the dead, victorious over mud, victorious over sin, victorious over death, victorious over the the heavy weight of sin that seeks to kill us down, that seeks to keep us down. You know, God's offering today, as it has been ever since that moment, has been this offering of forgiveness, an offering to be cleansed, an offering of eternal life and a hope beyond even the mess in this life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, it says that if we confess our sin to Him, if we get real about the mud, about the mess of our life. We don't try to gloss over it and cover it. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to wash us clean of all unrighteousness. He is faithful to forgive you and to draw near to you in this moment. And you know, for us to begin a relationship with God, what it takes isn't us trying to clean ourselves up or tick the religious boxes, but us to go, God, I receive. I simply receive this gift that you give me. Thank you, God. I receive this gift of your love and your forgiveness to me right now. And so if that's you and you want to receive this gift, you don't have to to understand about the mechanics. I'm sure the the blind guy didn't ask Jesus, God, can you just give me a synopsis of how that worked? He's like, I don't care how it worked. I can see. You know what? You might not understand everything about God or about what Jesus has done for you, but let me tell you this. This is the formula. We stuffed it up, but God loves us so much that he has made it up through Jesus. And now it's up to us to receive that. So would you just join with me as I pray? As I pray, would you say this prayer with me from your heart? And I believe that as you do, that the Holy Spirit, that God's love will come, he'll wash you clean, and he'll make you brand new on the inside as of this moment. Why don't you pray with me? Dear Lord God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you love me despite my mess despite the muck of my life, of my own choices that I've made. Right now, I put my trust in your love and your forgiveness for me. God, I put my faith 
in what you've done for me in sending Jesus to die on that cross, to take my sin, to take my shame upon yourself. God, I put my faith in you in this moment. And God, I simply receive. I just receive. Would you come? Would you wash me? Would you forgive me? Would you give me that new life on the inside of my heart right now? God, I commit my life into your hands. The good bits, the muddy bits, the messy bit. I, I surrender my life to you from this moment forward for the rest of my life. And I've got to pray for those that have prayed this prayer right now. Would you just fill them with your love? Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with power in Jesus' name to overcome like Pastor David was talking about. Give them the power of the Holy Spirit not to be overcome, but to be people who overcome every trial and every season, God. And I thank you that your promise is that you walk with them every step of the way. Release them into your purpose and destiny for their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.